Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow, and bring in a great friend, Robert Lighthizer, former U.S. trade representative during the Trump administration, and Bob Lighthizer's new book, No Trade is Free, Changing Course, Taking on China, and Helping America's Workers. Bob Lighthizer, happy July 4th. Thanks for doing this. Happy Independence Day to you, too, Larry. It's a pleasure to be with you, as it has been for the last 45 years. <laughs> yes, indeed. So um, reciprocal free trade, not unbalanced free trade, but reciprocal free trade. And you negotiated a lot of important trade deals, USMCA, Japan, South Korea, China, etc., etc., um, one of the themes in your book is a worker-focused trade policy. Um, tell me, how do you grade yourself on these trade deals? So, so I think, of course, I'm a pretty easy grader when it comes to myself. <laughs> but, but I'm self-critical, too. Listen, what you have to look at what we did, given the context that we had at the time. Mm-hmm. And 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 we, when I mean we, obviously it's President Trump, but it's also you and a lot of other people. Um, we changed the direction of trade policy away from optimizing prices, although that's a factor, and away from corporate profits and towards worrying about farmers and workers uh, and their families and their communities. And the combination of those communities, which are just made up by working people, that's what makes America great. And that has to be the, the objective of every trade deal, and I would suggest of every economic policy. So take the USMCA. Were you satisfied with that deal? So absolutely. I think it's a, it's a fabulous deal. For the first time in history, a major trade deal was renegotiated. That was $1.4 trillion worth of trade. And we totally changed the direction. And what we did, we had, we had 100, 100, 500 technical things. But what we did, every one of them has something in common. How are we going to bring jobs back to America? How are we going to put more of our people to work? and working at higher wages. So we did things, we used things which people had never used before. So there's there's these things called rules of origin. So I know you know all this, but I'll just explain it. Rules of origin, if you're in a trade deal, the objective is to have things cross the border duty-free. But you can't say, we'll have a deal with Mexico where they bring in stuff from China and ship it to the United States. That's not duty-free. So what we did on the major products Autos and auto parts is a good example because that's the biggest part of the trade. We rewrote those rules so that you had to have more U.S. content in everything that passes through and less content from China and other countries that were not part of the deal. No one had ever done that before. No one had ever thought of it before. 
But there, there are all kinds of different changes like that that, that, that really made a difference. And we had people who, who had been in Congress 40 years and never voted for a trade deal, voted for that deal because it was the first one that said our objective is helping American workers, period. And that's what we did. And as you know, that was like every conversation with President Trump was about workers, jobs, wages, and farmers, right? That was it. And that's and the what clo- focused on, and that's what we did. And the clock's not going to get turned back on that. This is the way, this is the new, this is the new rule now. And I think that's the way it, it has to be. You've got to have these considerations. I mean, the, the, you move the needle, Bob Lighthizer, and I don't think the needle's going to get moved back. Do you? I, I do not. I think this is the new norm. Yeah. I think every, uh, the, the vast majority of Republicans agree with it. The vast majority of Democrats agree with it. And I would suggest that any real conservative would, it, would embrace this policy. Absolutely every single one of them. So you and I have talked a lot about this, how President Trump um, rang the bell of warning on China. And you were the lead negotiator for the China trade deal, the phase one trade deal. I was part of your trade team. Where are we now with China trade? Are you satisfied with it? Uh, are, they, are, the, are the Chinese upholding it? We're going to have to make changes to it. Uh, there's some that want to you know, take some of the tariffs back. I think there's disagreements inside the uh, Biden administration on this. How do you assess the China trade story? So, first of all, I think what we did, you and me and Secretary Mnuchin, and Secretary Ross, but mostly uh, uh, the president of the United States, what we did was for the first time take on, take on China, challenge them and saying, this is a one-way street. You are selling us three, $400 billion more than we're selling you. We're basically shifting our wealth to you to do things that are basically anti-American. So it's an excellent deal. The most important part of that deal is that it kept the tariffs in place. It began the process of strategic decoupling. Now, do I think the Chinese have kept the deal? No. Did I ever think they were going to really keep it? I don't know the answer to that. I wrestle with that in, in my own mind. I think the people I negotiated with probably did. But, you know, China has a long, long history of not keeping deals. Indeed, I would say Almost all of the deals that they negotiate are not kept. But, but the important thing was we kept the tariffs. They did make some strategic changes. They made some of the purchases, which to me was a smaller part of the less important part of the deal. And they didn't make others. But they net haven't kept the deal. And if I were, if I were in my old job, I would recommend to the president that he use the U.S. statutes to raise tariffs further on China. We just have to get to balance trade on China. We can't keep transferring hundreds of billions of dollars to someone who is an adversary, and, and not only an adversary, a threat, a dangerous adversary. So, so if you add up how much money we ship to China every year, just let me take a second on this, Larry. Mm-hmm. The trade deficit is $380 billion, right? There's probably another $180 billion that's a technical thing about the way they, the U.S. doesn't keep track of certain trade. We just don't know what it is. It's a stupid thing. No one knew about it. It's got to be corrected. But that's another 180. We estimated 
really with with real precision that it's about three hundred billion dollars we shift to them in stolen technology from the United States. Then, in addition, you have you have trade through countries like Vietnam that, that's indirect, that's transfer of wealth to them. And then finally, I always say, how much money are they making selling precursors to fentanyl to Mexico? Mm. That then all comes to the United States and and and, and has killed one hundred and seventy one mm. million Americans. Mm. I'm sorry, thousand Americans every single year. So if you add it all up, we're transferring seven, eight, some number like that, hundred billion dollars. Larry, if their economy grows at five percent a year, all right, that is about nine hundred billion dollars worth of growth. That's about what we're shipping to them, mm. and it's an Goodness. insane policy. So what yeah. we have to do is raise tariffs and get back to balance. This notion of tapping down every one of their unfair practices is not enough. We need a systemic change, and that really is what President Trump did. He he, he was the first person ever to put tariffs across the board and say, if you have surpluses with us for decades, then you're doing something that's unfair, because that's not how the system is supposed to work. It's supposed to self-correct so that you end up around balance over time. And they're doing a whole variety of things of shipping resources. I don't want to get too technical, but shifting resources within their own economy mm. to their produce that to their producers, which basically then is exported all over the world. And they're running these massive surpluses. Mm. And you can't the fact that you run surpluses for years with the United States, but also with the world, is absolutely proof positive that you're doing something. That is unfair. So we have to get back to balanced trade. I'm not saying no trade with China, mm-hmm. but I'm saying balanced trade with China. We ship them, whatever, 150 billion. They ship us 150 billion. Then there's no trend. You still have to worry about composition of trade. You still got to make sure you're not tra- transferring technology. There's still a lot of other things, but at least then you're stopping the transfer of wealth. It's a little bit like any of our other adversaries. If you thought if someone came to you in the Reagan administration, say, I've got an idea. Let's shift several hundred billion dollars a year to the Soviet Union. You literally put the person in a straitjacket. You'd mm-hmm. say you, you, you don't understand. But yet we're doing that with China, mm-hmm. which is at least as big a threat as the Soviet Union. And I would say many times more, more of a threat. Maybe more, much more, yeah. Um, Bob Light has her last one quickly. Um, any progress on IP theft, intellectual property theft? Did we make any progress on that? So, so for sure, we made progress. We we made them. Re- they did a lot of systemic changes, including forced technology transfer. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot of. But did we stop them from cyber theft and all this sort of thing? No, they're still doing it. They're still stealing technology. So what's it, what is to be done here? I mean, if you had another, if you had another bite out of the apple, where would you go? All right, so I would do four things. I don't know how much time you have, but I'll be quick. Two One, minutes. I would put, Two minutes. I would put tariffs on at a high level and adjust them so that they stay at balance, not running a big surplus. That's number one. Number two, I would disin- take steps to disentangle our technology. I would work with U.S. companies. I would not let their technology into our market. I would make mm-hmm. it impossible. You can't have successful technology in the world without selling to the United States. I would make sure that, that was not Chinese technology. Thirdly, I would strongly regulate and restrict our investments in in China and their investments here, because all of those investments, all of them, are designed to help China, not help the United States. And that's a decision that China has made at the Communist Party level. Well, you know, 
O'Brien and I, Robert O'Brien, National Security Advisor, and I worked on this, you know, stopping the thrift savings plan investments. I mean, there's no point in having the U.S. finance the Chinese war machine, among other things. It, it makes absolutely no sense. And I'll tell you something else, just real briefly. Think of how many American business, I mean, American retired workers have some part of their pension invested in Chinese companies right. where there's no, there's no uh, auditing, there's no financial information, there's nothing. The Chinese yes. party just take all that over. These are people who work their whole lives, and they don't know yeah. that some of their money is at risk. All right. Bob Lighthizer, the, the name of the book, No Trade is Free, Changing Course, Taking on China, and Helping American Workers. It's a must-read Folks, we're going to take a break, and we'll do some stock market work on the other side of the break with Nancy Tengler and Jim Urio. This is July 4th weekend, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I'm Kudlow, and we'll be right back. 